Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is uh, Thursday, September the 22nd, first day of fall, 2022. So glad to have you guys on today as we continue our uh, our walk through uh, the Psalms and uh, some readings each day from C.S. Lewis. So today, again, we are uh, looking at Psalm 15. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's do it. Let's jump in. Psalm 15. It's a pretty short psalm, actually. Yeah, it's only a few uh, few verses here. Like, whoa, we got five, six verses, five verses in Psalm 15. So, yeah. So it could be shorter. Who knows? You never know. We say that every time there's a short psalm and then it really means nothing. Yeah. All right, here we go. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Hmm. Uh, so who is uh, who is worthy, right? Who is worthy to be essentially in the presence of God, right? In, in your presence, who's who's a uh, who is um, worthy to dwell in your sacred tent, to be in your holy presence? Wow, ninety-seven degrees in Louisiana today, man, that's hot. We ain't that hot. <laughs> Good morning, Janine. Welcome, everybody. Um, so yeah, the song songwriter starts with a question: Who may live on your holy mountain? Well, here he answers it. He goes on to answer it, looks like. Verse 2, the one who's, whose walk is blameless. Oh, crap. Who I don't know. Does anybody qualify for that? Anybody? Anybody's walk blameless? Mm, I mean, I don't know. Better than it used to be. But I don't know if I've, I don't know. Uh, not many people are, I think, honest, self-reflective people are really going to say, yeah, you know what? I'm blameless. I mean, you may say in a situation, you know, a particular situation that you're going through, you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of blameless in that situation. I didn't, you know, your intentions were pure. You didn't seem to do anything wrong. So, yeah, maybe in a particular situation, blameless. But when you, as a summation of your entire existence and your entire life, I'm blameless. Mm, that's hard. But who is worthy to dwell in the tent of the Lord, the live on the, live on your holy mountain, the one whose walk is blameless? Who does what is righteous? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do. Um, who speaks the truth from the heart? All right. Well, that's uh, that's you know, I think that's true. Try to speak truth from the heart. Whose tongue utters no slander? who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. Wow. Hmm. 
We got some work to do, y'all. We got some work to do to be blameless, to uh, do what is righteous, to speak truth from the heart, to not slander, uh, to not do wrong to the neighbor, or to uh, to slur. You know, uh, to say um, slanderous things against someone else. I hope we're getting better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hope we're getting better. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think as a as a follower of Jesus, if we're truly following, you know, he's going to clean us up over time. You know, we ought to, there ought to be some uh, incremental improvement in our behavior and in our attitudes and in our speech. Um, it's always a good little self-assessment, right? Like, look over your life, like, okay. Uh, my life as a as following Jesus last year compared to this year. Is there a notable improvement? Is there even well incremental improvement in the way I'm treating others, in my uh, my my level of peace, my level of contentment, my level of kindness, my level of goodness and self control, uh, the level of love exhibited in my life? Um, and remember, love isn't a feeling. You're like, yeah, I just have more lovey feelings for people. That's not really love. Love does. Love is action. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Right? That's what love does. Um, so so love is an action. Love, love is uh love is verifiable, you know, because you can see it. You know, I, I, back in uh back in school, back in in um college, you know, we were in philosophy class, they would all talk about love, and you can't see love. And I guess in a purest sense, that's true. You can't see love per se, uh, but you can see the activity of love. It's like the wind, right? You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of wind. Uh, and so love does, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love's, love does not envy, does not boast. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not a easily angered. Uh, Love keeps no record of wrong. Uh, love always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. Um, those are the kind of things love does. So where you see, where you see self control, where you see uh, no keeping no record of wrong, where we see um, is not something that someone who is not easily angered. Uh, where we see there's a, where there's no envy. That's love. We were seeing love right there. And so in our lives, all that to say, all those things, um, we should see incremental improvement in our lives in those, in those things as we follow Jesus. That's what the, the purifying, sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives does. Creates us more and more to the image of, of God, which is love. Yeah. So who may dwell in the sacred tent of the Lord? Who may live on his holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who's, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue does not utter slander or does no wrong to the neighbor, who casts no slur on them, who, who despises a vile person. So uh, the righteous you know, does not put up with a vile person, doesn't entertain that, that craziness. Right? Um but honors those who fear the lord hmm. the uh the the work of a righteous person is uh, that they honor the they honor others who fear the lord 
that's a good reminder, man, for like, you know, we ought to treat each other in the family of God right. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds so crazy and obvious, but man, we ought to treat each other right. Man. You know, sometimes um sometimes we hurt each other, man. Somebody gets hurt, somebody gets knocked down, man. We just kick them when they down. Kick them when they up, kick them when they down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, there was this, uh, there was this, this, uh, I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's like the, uh, kind of this little uh, story of like, uh, of, um, of like geese, like the, the things that we could learn from geese, you know, you said, cause right now they're going to be fly, start flying in formation, you know, flying South for the winter. And you see these geese, they got the little point, big, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of geese in there, all different birds, but. It may be you may see be you know see some geese and they're all in a flock and there's one leader out there. Well, if you uh, if you if you if you uh, if you study that close enough, like they actually the leaders actually rotate. It's not the same leader out there front. Like he ain't always the same guy out there. You know, taking all the win because you know the the point guy he's he getting the most win. He got the most work. Just like when you are like cycling or whatever. Um, you know, you, you want to be behind somebody because why they break the wind. So whoever's breaking the wind, no, wait, that's different. <laughs> you <don't> want, <laughs> oh my gosh. You don't want the guy breaking wind up front. You know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you don't want the one that's breaking wind, you want in the back. But what I'm saying is <laughs> the one who is breaking. <laughs> Okay, I don't even know how to, who is uh, the uh, who is breaking through the wind. How about that we say that, right? The one who is up front is breaking through the wind. That's the hardest job, man. So you got you know you got more pull, and so what they do is they cycle back. They'll cycle back, and you know then after that person pulls for a while, he's out in front breaking the wind. Um, then he goes back behind. And it gets refreshing and, you know, and, and leans on the rest of the crew, the rest of the uh, flock. But there's a cool thing. If you if you look into it, what they do when someone falls out. Like these geese, when they're flying, if somebody gets tired and starts fluttering down on the ground, you know what happens? They don't just leave him. They don't just like, well, you didn't make it. You suck. No, you know, there's like a, like a handful of them that will fly down with him. They, now, they ain't hurt. They're not hurt. But they're going to fly down with him, and they're going to stay with him. They're going to stay with him and just make sure he's okay. Maybe just get catch his breath a little bit, whatever geese got to do to catch their breath. Or maybe he's the one got be breaking wind, and they got to, you know, tend to him. What I don't know. I don't know what geese's elements are, but you get the point. But, th but a handful of them kind of go down and just kind of sit with him. Just sit with him until he until he regains his strength. And then they what? What do they do? They flutter back up together to the flock. What a beautiful example of how we should treat each other. You know, nature sometimes print, print, uh, paints beautiful pictures of the way we should way we should treat each other. When we tired, people just sitting with us, encouraging us, not kicking us, not kicking us to the curb, not not uh, hitting us when we're down, but coming in. Just being with us until we can regain our strength. You know, sometimes people don't know how to what to do with someone who's not doing okay. 
You ain't got to do much. You just got to be with them. You don't have to fix it. Just be with them. And uh, and just let them know that I'm not I'm I'm here, man. I'm here until this till till we get through this. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And that's a that's an incredible value to people. Um, you know, the course of life and in ministry, I've seen people go through some pretty difficult things, things that are way beyond my ability to help. And I found that what I can do often is just say, you know what, I'm here with you, man. I'm here with you all the way through it. I'm not going anywhere. You know what? You need to call me, call me. We need to get together. You just need to vent. I'm here. And, uh, and you know, we aren't going anywhere. We're, we're your family, and, uh, and we're here through thick and thin. So let's uh, just know that we're going to be here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, we should honor those who fear the Lord. Honor the family of God. Um, who's able to stay in the tent of the Lord or dwell in the tent of the Lord? The one who keeps an oath, even when it hurts. Oh, how about that, y'all? Keep an oath even when it hurts. Like I made a promise. It's going to cost me. Things have, have changed. Situation has changed, but I made a promise. I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Even though it hurts and does not change their mind. Now, this is obviously talking about related to an oath, like like uh, not changing your mind on your oath when it gets hard. Because God doesn't, right? God makes promises to us, and he keeps them. Even when it's hard, right? I mean, Jesus and his life and ministry is a beautiful example of that, you know? Keeps his commitment to us and commitment to... Uh, God, all the way through his uh, trials and death, crucifixion, he keeps his oath, even when it was hard, even when it hurt. Um, the person who can live on God's holy mountain is one who lends money to the poor without interest. They're fair. They're fair. They're kind, generous. Who, do, who, do not accept, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? I'm not going to take no bribe. I'm going to be up and up. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Ooh. Those things, man, never be shaken. That kind of person with no slander, who does right for their neighbor, who doesn't slur, who des des despises a vile person, who honors the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, who doesn't change their mind about a promise, who lends money, is generous. Man, that person... They will, they will not be shaken. We won't be shaken. Yeah. We need more of that, man. We need more people like that. You know, you find, look, you got a friend, you got a community that's like that, you got yourself a good thing. You got you a friend, you got you a brother, sister, you got you a community of faith that exhibits those things, you found yourself a pretty good thing. You know what I'm saying? So don't take it for granted, but value it. And the best way to um, reinforce those kind of things is to do them yourself. Yeah. You got to do it yourself. Be that kind of person. That's what we want to be. We want to be those kind of people. Yeah. All right. Let's see what uh, C.S. Lewis has to say today. Uh, September 22nd reading 
uh, from this book entitled A Year with C.S. Lewis, Daily Readings from His Classic Works. The title of today's reading is Like the Spokes of a Wheel, and it's from Mere Christianity. Hello, everybody. You jumped on here while during the podcast. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad you can spend this time together. You guys are awesome. Let's do it. Here we go. That's what C.S. Lewis has to say. Let's get it. He always, he always good for get us thinking. What God, what God cares about is not exactly our actions. Hmm. What he cares about is that we should be creatures of a certain kind or quality, the kind of creatures he intended us to be, creatures related to him in a certain way. Hmm. We talked a little bit about this yesterday with the idea of sin is missing the mark, right? Uh, that sin is missing the mark, and the mark is defined by God because God created us, so he knows how we should function. He knows our the, the way we should be. And so God defines what's good and what's evil. And good is when things function according to the way God intended them to function. And so here C.S. Lewis is kind of hitting on that. He says, what God cares about is not exactly our actions. What he cares about is that we should be creatures of a certain kind or quality, the kind of creatures he intended us to be. God has a desire, a desire for us as his creations. To fall short of that, to jump back to yesterday's conversation, to fall short of what that of that that intended um, uh, the intended creatures he wants us to be is sin. And so uh, creatures related to him in a certain way. I do not add and related to one another in a certain way because that's included. So if we were related, because he's saying if we're related to God the right way, that's going to, that assumes we're going to be uh, related to other people the right way. If you are right with him, you will inevitably be right with all your fellow creatures. That's very important because sometimes we think, look, if you ever seen people who like, they claim to love God, but they're, they blow up all their relationships. Look, if you're blowing up all your relationships and you're not a very good friend and you're not kind and you're not, uh, and you, you know, what we just read from the Psalms, man, if you ain't doing these things, a lot of these things are relational, right? Speak the truth from the heart, doesn't slander, doesn't do wrong to the neighbor, keeps an oath even when it hurts. Those are all relational. Those aren't just about to God. Those are also about to other people. So if you, you know, you break in promises, you're, you're a fair-weathered friend. When someone in your flock flutters to the ground, you tell everybody, oh, let's just keep on going, leave them back there, leave them, leave them behind, they ain't worth nothing. No, if, you, if that's the kind of person, look, you, then, you, then you ain't got a very good relationship with God. You don't. Because if, if, we, if we're loving God the right way, then we're going to love others the right way. So we can't claim to be love God if we hateful to people. <laughs> you can't be claiming that you love God if you hateful to people. Man, you so hateful. Mm. That's what C.S. Lewis is saying. He's saying if you're right with if you're if you're re relating to God the way God intended us to relate to Him, then you're gonna be treating other people right. If you are right with Him, you will inevitably be right with your fellow creatures, just as if all the spokes of a wheel are fitted rightly into the hub. 
and the rim they are bound to be in right positions to another. As long as a man is thinking of God as an examiner who has him or has him who, I'm sorry, try that again. As long as a man is thinking of God as an examiner who has set him a sort of paper to do, or as the opposite party in a sort of bargain, as long as he is thinking of claims and counterclaims between himself and God, he is not yet in the right relationship with him. Hmm. Isn't that right? As long as we see God as like someone who's like giving us a test to see how well we're doing and if, as long as you know, if we can do enough good things, then he's going to accept us. If we do uh, too many bad things, he's going to reject us. If we're just trying to, you know, argue our way into heaven, mm, come on now, you're just trying to argue your way into heaven, argue, argue, arguing your way into a right relationship with God. You ever seen people like that? Like they're, they're, it's, they're, uh, their walk with God, they just try to argue themselves into a right relationship with God. Mm. Defending their behavior, defending their attitudes, defending this, defending that, defending their their position on the Bible, their, their their position on this issue or that issue. They're just trying to argue themselves in right relationship with God. You can't argue yourself into right relationship with God. You can't. And as and C.S. Lewis said, as long as you're doing that, as long as you you you're uh, as long as your relationship with God is about claims and counterclaims. You're not right in you're not yet in right relationship with God. He is misunderstanding what he is and what God is. And he cannot get into right relationship until he has discovered the fact of our bankruptcy. Ooh. Yes. C.S. Lewis has that on the head right there. We don't we don't uh we don't argue our way into heaven. We don't uh you know argue our uh, our self-righteousness defending our case as an attorney. No, we, we really can't get into right relationship with God till we recognize our own bankruptcy. When I say discovered, I mean really discovered. Not simply said it parrot fashion, so not just saying, oh yeah, I'm, bang- I'm spiritually bankrupt, but down deep, I really feel like I'm awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've seen that. It was like, oh, I'm so broken. But you don't live like you're really sorry about that. You live like you're kind of proud of it. Right? You know, to, to really say I'm broken and I, I really, I'm, bank, I'm, bank, I'm bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. I can't even speak this morning. Man, it's Thursday and I still can't talk yet. Yeah. No, but to, to, own, to own that, like I'm, I'm broken. Like and really, really realize my spiritual bankruptness. That's what the Beatitudes are all about, right? Blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. For they will be filled. What, what's poverty of spirit? Recognizing that I'm bankrupt. I'm, I'm poor. I'm bankrupt spiritually. I cannot save myself. I can't argue my case before God and uh, win the argument so that he makes me in right relationship so that I'm able to be, quote, and to go back to the, Psalm, the terminology of Psalm 15, I don't argue my right into the tent of the Lord. I don't argue my way in. I don't. Um, I don't uh, excuse my way in. I get to the place where I truly discover my bankruptcy, and not just repeating what I've been told by religion, but really owning it. Like, man, I really am. I need Jesus. Of course, any child, if given a certain kind of religious education, 
will soon learn to say that we have nothing to offer to God that is not already his own, and that we find ourselves failing to offer even that without keeping something back. But I am talking of really discovering this, really finding out by experience that it's true. Woo! Man, that's when, that's when you're close to the blessings of God. That's where you're close to, that's where, you know, um, you know, Jesus said that someone, you're, to someone, he said, you are near, you are, you are near the kingdom of God. What was he saying? He said, you're not quite there yet, but you are starting to recognize your need. You're starting to recognize your bankruptcy. You're starting to recognize who God is, who Jesus is, and what he's come to do, and how he does something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. You're almost in the kingdom. You're at the doorstep of the kingdom. Once you not only say that and recite that, but you truly discover that by experience that you are bankrupt, you're blessed. That's why the Beatitudes are all begin with blessed, right? Blessed is the poor in spirit. Why? Because they've discovered it. It's not just the head knowledge. They've experienced poverty of spirit. They're blessed because they now have entered into the kingdom. Mm. So how do we enter into God's holy mountain? Back to uh, our, our psalm. It's by discovering and owning our bankruptcy. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's a great way to end this week, just reminding ourselves that, you know what? We have nothing to offer God, that we are truly bankrupt without him. But praise be to God that through Jesus Christ, he opens up a way for us, for our bankruptcy to be forgiven <laughs> and a deposit of riches to be placed into our account that we didn't earn, that we didn't provide, that we didn't argue our way into. But he deposited these riches into our accounts out of his mercy and kindness. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Thanks for spending some time in the Word of God and with each other. It's awesome. Lord, thank you so much for uh, this time that we've had together today. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for reminding us of what it takes to uh, be worthy to enter into your holy presence. And it is um, a free gift that you have given us. Lord, thank you for the moment that we discovered through experience that we were bankrupt, that without you, we could do nothing, that we could not or could not ever save ourselves. What a gift it is to discover that. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray that each and every person knows how much they're valued and loved by you. Lord, that we would walk in humility and kindness and graciousness today, that we would be loving towards other, that others, that we would keep our promises even when it's hard. Lord, may you bless and encourage each person today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Love you guys so much. Thanks so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for taking a minute to like this and share this on your news feed. Appreciate that. So subscribe to it if you're a listener. And uh, love for to keep you uh, regularly in this community. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back at it on Monday as we continue our walk through the Psalms and uh, walking with some readings from C.S. Lewis. You guys are awesome. Love you. See you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.